Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. This is another edition of the Weekly Buzz. So we've got Joe Jenatin Palawa here, managing editor of The Morning Chalk Up. How's it going, Joe? Good, Nikki. How are you? Hanging in there, hanging in there. It's a Monday, which can be a rough day, but also can be a great day because we have you here to tell us all the latest and greatest that's happening Aww. in and around the CrossFit community. I always look <laughs> forward to these chats. Oh, me too. Amazing. Love to hear that. So so hit us with the news, man. What's going on in the world of CrossFit this week? Yeah. So let's start with a roundup around the, the sports news of okay. the week. We did get a full, well, mostly full leaderboard for the Down Under Championship. We talked about it a little while ago, Nikki, but as a reminder, this is the biggest off-season CrossFit event in Australia, mm. and it will be taking place December 1st through the 3rd of this year. Taking a look at the leaderboard, there are some big names. Caitlin Van Zyl, Grace Walton, Marnie Sykes, Laura Clifton, Alethea Boone, Amy Kringle, Georgia Pryor. Those are all ones that jump out at me on the men's side, Luke Fowler, not listed on the leaderboard, but announced on the Down Under Championships Instagram account, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, Ooh. and on the team side, Team Frog Grips, Jay Crouch, Bailey Martin, and Royce Dunn, competing on a team fun. of three. That is fun. Yeah, so I think there was going to be some more announcements there too. Some other folks who may be competing and making the trip down to Australia. Yeah, that would be interesting. I just feel, on the one hand, I feel like the games just happened like a week ago. But mm -hmm. on the other hand, I'm like, wow, we are really about to supercharge this offseason with everything coming up in the next couple months. And then it's really just a sleigh ride to the end of the year from here on out. So I feel oh, like it's gosh. all happening very quickly. We're going to be, it's going to be every few, every few weeks here starting mm -hmm. soon. And then it'll be the Open. Oh my oh. God, don't say that. Uh. Don't say that. I'm not ready for that. Good Lord. Okay, what else? What else is there? Well, let's stay in Australia for a minute. Last week, it was announced that Australia's Gladiators was getting a reboot with four CrossFit Games athletes in the cast. I'd love to see it. Exactly. Caitlin Van Zyl, Alethea Boone, Harriet Roberts, and Con Porter. Dang, that lineup alone. Not Did to you mention watch... all these other amazing people. Did you watch this show when it was uh, American Gladiator? Yeah, it was a little bit before my time, I have to be honest. Oh. So my, my brother was really into it, my older brother, but that did not stop the fandom in my household. <laughs> oh, I loved I was the perfect age. They also just announced the nicknames for all of the athletes competing. Okay. Uh, you want to take any guesses? Ooh. Let's try Con Porter. Con Porter, is he, is he blue steel? He should be. <laughs> That's a good guess. <laughs> they went good. with they went with Spartan. Con Porter is Spartan. Interesting. Okay. I like not it. The, not the direction I would have gone, but all right. Right. That's all, all right. right. The nicknames can be unique, as can the challenges. So I'm super stoked. <laughs> I hope that there's a way for us to watch it over here in the States. I love that they're leaning into some crossfitters for this because I think twofold. Number one, it puts more eyeballs on our sport in developing people who are well-rounded athletically, right? And people can look more to mm -hmm. us. How do they prepare for this? How do they get the fit bodies that they have, whatever? And on the other hand, yeah. it it makes CrossFit feel a little bit more like an endemic brand where it can align with these things that are outside of just the niche of our little world. So badass all around. Also, I, also, I hope they're getting real TV money for this. I hope these people are helping oh, yeah. their careers by figuring out a way to continue supporting themselves through sport and fitness. So that's yeah, great. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So 
that brings us to some competitions this weekend. One finished up, one is still finishing up currently. So that's okay. the Masters Fitness Collective first. If you remember, the Ma Masters Fitness Co Collective takes place in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Got started during COVID. And so this is their fourth year. It was their biggest year yet. 500 competitors across mm -hmm. all of their divisions. They had elite men and women, RX men and women, and team divisions as well. A couple of big names, a couple of notable names on the leaderboard. Um, Jason Grubb. Jason Grubb, our guy. We have an awesome episode with him that we recorded right before the games. If you haven't heard it yet, definitely go back and listen. But he's just a prolific champion here, truly. Absolutely. Yeah. Dominating the 45 to 49 division. Rudy Berger in 40 to 44. Anna Tobias. Malachi Bennett was another one. Took the 30 to 34 division. Do you remember offhand Anna Tobias's maiden name? Tunnicliffe? Anna Tonicliffe. So yeah. if that name doesn't ring true, then Anna Tonicliffe should because she was an individual elite competitor at the games yeah. for years before the Masters Division. So this is really great to see her up here, too. And you and John just talked with Annika Greer last week mm -hmm. and her mom won the 55 to 59 elite division in Fort Wayne. This solidifies us wanting Annika as our life coach. She's yeah, doing all go. the right things. She's making all the right moves. And even her mom is winning competitions. That's it. Sign me up. There you go. Uh -huh. Yeah. So great to see the Masters Fitness Championship doing great down there in Fort Wayne. And the other one currently going on is the International Functional Fitness Federation's Masters World Championship, which is taking place in Vancouver, British Columbia. And they are finishing up today. So we will, the Morning Chalk Up will have a recap of the Masters Fitness Championship in the newsletter tomorrow and the IF3 Masters World Championship a little bit later this week. Very cool. Okay, good to know. From the competitions that have been happening sort of in the present to the competitions that are happening oh. in the future, mm -hmm. what are we going to talk about yeah. in terms of what's happening at Rogue? Yeah. All right. So you and I have talked about Tia's return to Rogue, to return mm -hmm. to the competition floor at Rogue this year <clears throat> several times. Um, last week, the Morning Chalk Up published a story that was a comparison of uh, Tia and Laura. Every time they've faced each other head to head on the competition floor, Austin Heaton wrote the story. And spoiler, Tia has won every Fair. time. Fair. But it's been close. In a few occasions in 2018 at the games and 2021, Laura took second to Tia. In 2022, Laura took third. And at Rogue in 2021, uh, Tia won, but Laura took fourth. What was really interesting, though, was uh, in, in, in posting the story and writing the story, there was some, some real discussion on social media and, and around the story about whether or not it was a fair comparison, given that Tia has just given birth in May and that Laura's coming off winning the CrossFit Games, is it a fair comparison um, to put Tia in with all of these other elite women who are at the top of their game as she's recovering from pregnancy and childbirth? I have kind of big feelings on this, so I can already feel the people coming for me in the comments mm -hmm. and the DMs, but that's fine. Come at me, bro. Let's chat about it. I think it's absolutely fair to put them in the exact same pool okay. and to compare them on a on a even playing field at Rogue this year. 
it is Tia's choice to come back Mm -hmm. when she believes she's ready. I imagine her goal is to come back and win and not necessarily just come back and see what she can do. Even if it is just to come back and see what she can do, then we should see what she can do in comparison to the field of elite athletes. I don't think that we need to put any asterisks or brackets on anyone's performance. Mm. This is these women's careers. They're making smart decisions for themselves and for their entire career. And so I don't think that we need to asterisk Laura's win at the CrossFit Games just because Tia wasn't there. I don't think we need to asterisk Tia's performance at Rogue this year just because she recently had a baby. She has done what she needed to do or what she felt like she needed to do to prepare for this. And I think we owe it to her to judge her in the field accordingly. I think it's great to have context Mm -hmm. in one way, shape or form. I think keep in mind she's five months postpartum. This was Laura's performance. Keep in mind the the champion over the last five years has not been competing this year. I think all of that is fine for context and detail of each individual event that we look at. But I don't think, I think if you're asking like, quote unquote, is it fair to judge them against one another? My answer is absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is sports and this is their jobs. So they've decided to both come in and compete. Let's judge them against the entire field the way we normally would. You yeah. Know? Another opinion that that came out of that conversation was that it may be a potentially dangerous message to send to other women who aren't at the level of fitness of Tia Claire Toomey or that um, it is coming back so quickly um, could be potentially dangerous. Oh, man, I also have big feelings on this one. (laughs) I think it is wild and ridiculous that anyone compares Tia's pregnancy and postpartum journey to anyone else on the planet, especially people who are not competing in athletics at an elite level. We do not oftentimes look at professional athletes, Olympians, people who do things on a level that is just superhuman, to be honest, and compare ourselves to them. I do not compare my numbers to Olympic weightlifters. I don't because they're on another level. So I think it's unfair to say that Tia's journey postpartum, five months postpartum coming back to competition, sends a message to women that they should come back sooner that they, than they feel mm-hmm. ready or that they are doing things that are dangerous to them and their bodies postpartum because she is on a different level. She is not average. She is not, she's not one of us. Mm-hmm. She has her own She has her own path with her own doctors, her own medical professionals. Her body is at a different level than ours. And I think it's ridiculous to say that she shouldn't be doing what she's doing on a professional level because she influences the decisions we make on a non-professional level. That simply should not happen. She's doing what she's doing and you should take your cues from your body, your medical team and what's best for you in your moment. I think it's really unfair to her to say that sends a dangerous message. And and I felt the same way in in her pregnancy. When people are like, she shouldn't be working out like that. She's so, so pregnant. And I'm like, that, you don't you literally know nothing. Please leave the internet. While that might mm-hmm. not be a recommendation for me or you or someone else who currently is pregnant or is postpartum or whatever, everybody's protocol must be individualized. Yeah. We cannot compare ourselves to people on that level. So again, I think it's unfair to her and her career and probably the precautions that she has taken mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. that she should or shouldn't be doing any of those things because it, it quote unquote, influences the lay people 
because it does not influence, it should not influence the way people. What Tia's journey is, is not your journey. And in fact, you should recognize it as incredibly different. And, and, and by the way, the same goes as saying, like saying, I saw some comments that were like, Tia's postpartum journey is influencing women that they should come back mm-hmm. in X, Y, or Z fashion. And yeah. I think that's also unfair in that this is her career. She's, Tia's not out there being like, postpartum women should work out. Like that is a, that is a statement she's not making. She's just mm-hmm. out here being like, I'm back to work. Most of us are back to work in yep. 12 weeks. Yeah. Uh, as was she. So her work yep. looks different than ours. And I don't think she's making a statement that the general populace should do anything. And I think saying that she is is unfair to her. Well, I mean, we talk about this with elite athletes coming back from injuries and other and other kinds of things all the time. I don't want to compare pregnancy and childbirth to an injury. It's it's up there, though. But I mean, your whole your body's got to recover from yeah, a whole bunch sure. of different things so yeah, it is kind sure. of like that and we talk about it too with with dads we talk about it with male athletes who have just had newborns because oftentimes nobody in the family is sleeping so sure. it is interesting sure. to to see how these lifestyle changes will affect the athletes and these physical changes will affect the athletes and i think when they are ready to come back we should give them the warm reception that they deserve yeah absolutely hey let's shift gears and talk about a couple of community stories that we highlighted last week the first one was a partnership between All Level CrossFit and the Chasing Hazel Foundation. So this was a really inspiring story. In Windsor, Canada, All Level CrossFit is a, a basically a 10-year affiliate. But about five years ago in 2018, Steph Seguin, whose daughter Hazel has Down syndrome, created the Chasing Hazel Foundation and partnered with All Level CrossFit. The reason that uh, Seguin wanted to found this organization was because as folks with Down syndrome age and um, move out of their childhood years into their teens and, and early 20s, the opportunity for community and engagement as they um, graduate from school and, and things becomes much smaller. And so the idea was to create a space for community and fitness and camaraderie all through CrossFit. So the owner, John Mack, the affiliate owner of All Level, and Steph Seguin um, created all-inclusive classes at All Level CrossFit. So what happens in these classes? This means typical athletes and adaptive athletes train together in the same classes, and there are volunteers on hand if, if needed. But the idea here is that it's a place where everyone belongs. There's They're promoting physical and mental fitness as well as integrating all the athletes together. Some of those athletes then go out of the, the in- inclusive classes and just take the regular classes, the, the, the regularly scheduled classes, but they offer multiple inclusive classes throughout the week. One thing that I think is really cool is that Mac and Seguin are actually presenting at the CrossFit Canada Summit about how other gyms can model programs off of what they've done. And they plan to talk about promoting accessibility and opportunity for fitness and also competition and how that helps folks with intellectual disabilities find community in the same ways that everybody else does through CrossFit. No, oh, it's really beautiful. I love when affiliates spread the gospel of CrossFit, so to speak, across different different groups and really bring people together because I think that that, that can strengthen a community and you never know who you're going to affect by just simply being next to them in supporting them in a class setting. So that that's a really beautiful story. 
Yeah, it was really it was we we found it really inspiring here. And then we got one more. Uh, we're headed toward Veterans Day and we highlighted Warrior Wad. Warrior Wad was founded by a guy named Phil Palmer who was a who's a marine who served in Iraq and struggled as many veterans do with PTSD after coming home and ultimately found community in a CrossFit gym. So he and a guy named Justin Riccio founded Warrior Wad in Charleston, South Carolina. They founded, they founded it in 2021. It's a nonprofit organization to help veterans. Every six months, the program accepts a new cohort of applicants based upon need, regardless of race, gender, rank, branch of the military, all, none of those things factor in. And what they do then is offer them gym membership. They pair them with a nutritionist and most importantly, a battle buddy, kind of like a friend, a, a comrade, a confidant, a fellow veteran who can empathize with the experience of PTSD and the kind of isolation that goes along with that. And here's what's been incredible over the last couple of years. What Warrior Watt has found is a pretty substantial decrease in PTSD symptoms in mm -hmm. their cohort members. So 18, 20% decrease in these kinds of symptoms. The next cohort for Warrior Watt is starting in November. They're accepting applications right now. The link to the, the application is in the story on the Morning Chalk Up. So check it out there. They're always looking for battle buddies. So if you are a veteran and want to get involved in the program as a battle buddy, they're always looking for that. And they're always looking for funding as a nonprofit organization. One of the cool things that they do or that they're planning to do is a festival, a fitness and music festival in Charleston this upcoming June called Fun. I Got You. Yeah, it's called I Got Your Six. June is PTSD Awareness Month. So they will be holding that event in June as a way to bring awareness and raise money for the organization. Cool. I love this idea of battle buddies. I think that is something that we've seen as a proven tactic in all sorts of other different types of support groups, right? Mm -hmm. It's like very mm -hmm. much like a big brothers, big sisters type of thing, or even like in AA sponsor, people, sponsors. Yeah. people know that when there are other people who have gone through similar experiences and shared experiences, it offers a different type of level of support, especially mentally, where yeah, you no longer exactly. feel like the crazy one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not crazy because I'm not the only one who's felt this and gone through this. There's someone else who can relate. And that is sometimes enough to really just help plant your feet firmly on the ground, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what's really cool is the, the Warrior Watt organization started out small. They, were, they had cohorts of two veterans, 10 mm -hmm. veterans, and now they're working with uh, 150, 300 cool. So bigger and bigger cohorts as they get more funding and as they develop further. So they're able to do a lot of good bringing fitness, nutrition, mental health awareness all to this problem. Love. Well, Joe, thank you so much for bringing the headlines to us. All of these stories can be found on the Morning Chalk Up. And if you guys have any questions or want more information, reach out to them so that you can figure out ways to get involved in all sorts of these different things. We will be back next week with another edition of the Weekly Buzz. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to everyone soon.